We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's going on, Roto-Grinders? Dean here. It's Dean 7904 if you want to get all technical on me. It is 620 on the East Coast, 320 on the West Coast, 520 Tennessee time, which of course, of course, I'm into time of the flagship show here at Roto-Grinders. It's called Grinders Live. It's sponsored by Yahoo. And joining me today, uh, we went to the bullpen, Kyle. We had somebody had the fish. Yeah. Who had the fish? Kirkies, the fish. Not yep, Kirkies. Kyle, yep, you got the call up. I appreciate the, Thank you for being available. Yeah. Yeah, happy to be here. You know, uh, Kirk said or something all week so i figured you know i might as well help him out a little bit today it's like life imitating art imitating his, his lineups or something like that if he was he's he's always fully tilting about his lineup so I'll let you know if things aren't going well for you but uh yeah if you take something better. down tonight 
I'm going to be uh, calling his phone up. So narrative street, right? Is that, I don't know if that, how that works with the narrative street. If you're throwing up yeah. all of a sudden there's a correlation with your lineups or something like that. But uh, yeah, it's a four gamer. It's a weird week, man. Uh, it's a four gamer today. I think tomorrow's like 11 games and Thursday's two and Friday's like 10 or something like that. I like the smooth week we had last week as far as 68, but Hey, we all play with the same deal uh, as far as the games. Obviously we're, Jumping in an hour late because the first game starts at 8 o'clock on the East Coast. And it's kind of a doubleheader, right? Two games, uh, 8 o'clock on the East Coast, two games, 1030 on the East Coast as well. Uh, and, you know, I know you play predominantly on FanDuel. Our sponsor, Yahoo, of course, they have late swap. DK has late swap. And I think it's a really interesting night for late swap, depending on how news goes. And just kind of setting your lineups up if things fall your way in the late uh, in the late slate as far as the last two games. But we did just get some uh, some body parts as far as the early games. That'll make things easier. I was not looking forward to talking about New Orleans, but uh, let's just throw them out there. Sure, why not? The kids want the body parts. Uh, Dario Sharrick's that late game. Uh, that late game, he's probable with his knee. We know Aaron Baines, the hip, he's questionable. Uh, Ricky Rubio, uh, he's got a back, he's questionable too. Kind of a late uh, scratch last night. Didn't seem too serious, so he may play. I don't know. Uh, New Orleans is a big one, of course. Uh, Lonzo Ball is still out with his groin. Uh, Jahil Okafor has got an ankle, so he can't play. Frank Jackson back today with his neck. Uh, Josh Hart has a knee, so he can't play. Derek Favor still out with his old back. And Brandon Ingram is back today with his knee. Hamadou Diallo, the only reason why I put him on the list, it's a fun name to say, isn't it? Isn't Hamadou Diallo? That's kind of a fun name. Yeah, definitely. Hamadou Diallo, awesome name. I'm going to name my firstborn, Hamadou. Uh, he's out with a knee. <laughs> Uh, Anthony Davis is a shoulder. He is probable. Damian Lillard's got that back. Of course, that's a big one. Lillard's not playing today. And I buried the lead. Everybody's excited about Carmelo Anthony making his debut, right? Yep, and yeah, it looks like he's starting. Just just announced he's starting. So Oh, great. So I guess it's mellow night. <laughs> oh, man. Mellow season. You can, hear, you can hear the excitement in my voice, can't you? Are you are you team mellow? Are you, are you, what, you a, I mean, I know it's DFS and you don't really care like how good the players yeah. are. Or they aren't. It's just like how many fantasy points they're going to put out there and what's their price and all that. But I have a uh, I, have, I would say I probably have a mellow bias. I don't want to click that button, but I think you can. We'll talk about it. What, what's your official mellow stance? I mean, I've always liked him growing up. He was you know crushing with the Nuggets and then you know carrying the Knicks for you know the few years that they, he was there and they were actually okay. So. Um, I, I like him, but, you know, seeing him play the past couple of <laughs> years he's actually played, it's been tough to watch. You know, it's just kind of weird what, I guess, age and stuff can do to you for a basketball player. So, I guess overall, I guess I would say I'm pro Carmelo, but not tonight. I don't know. Well, the report I saw, I think he's what uh, – I want to say he's 10 bucks on Yahoo. He's the floor. Uh, yeah. He's 4K on FanDuel and like 3.9 on DK, something like that, or maybe four. Maybe I flipped those scores. But he's basically the floor uh, everywhere he's available. Uh, and they said 20 minutes as far as a report. And Terry Starks, uh, Terry Stotts, to my knowledge, he's never misled us. Like, he's never yeah. once shuffled his rotations on the fly. So you could just lock in 20 minutes, no more, no less, right? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be really tricky to, to decipher this one. So, um, yeah, hopefully we get a little bit more clarity on the rest of the starting lineup. I mean, we should because this game is the first one on the slate. So hopefully that comes out soon and we can talk about it on the show. We do want to, to say hello to YouTube. Feel free to like and subscribe. We do appreciate that. That does help us with the analytics. And that will, if you hit the like button, somehow I don't know how it's going to work, but it's going to significantly increase your chances of get your question uh, answered later on in the show. And at the end of the show, I'm not sure if you heard this or not, Kyle. You've seen the video. Our, our own Travis Van Gogh. Uh, he's got a, a spiritual advisor. Are you aware of this? He's got a spiritual advisor out there in the Twitterverse. And, uh, yeah, I hear the rumors about it today. <clears throat> if the people have not seen it, uh, it, during the credits, you want, if, if nothing else, stick around for the credits today. If you guys don't have the Twitter machine for whatever reason, you should have Twitter, by the way, if you're playing, you know, DFS basketball, uh, that's definitely part of your, uh, your tools. But, uh, at the end of the show, we're going to have a little treat for y'all. You're going to watch Travis Van Gogh's tweet. It's going to be good times for sure. Uh, I retweeted it. Check out Twitter. It'll be good times. Do it after the show, right? Between this time and crunch time with Andy means if you guys are premiumers, members, thank you guys all have to lock with Roth as well. Uh, one more promo to read before we kind of dive in. I say one more as if that was a promo to talk about mango. <laughs> that was just me doing my thing. I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to have some fun with it. The people, the people have enjoyed it so far as far as the Twitter machine, make that thing go viral, hit the, the retweets, like subscribe, the whole deal. Uh, Vandal, their single entry series is still going on. There's one week left, left the contest. Six finalists will end up in a WFFC party in Puerto Rico, play for their very own prize pool. Uh, current RG member, Gator 25 is in third place right now. So there you go. Shout out Gator 25 and uh, hopefully you hold a, you hold your spot. 
And uh, if you're rocking the RG Advantage, got to incentivize you all to do that as well around the industry. Finish in the top 10 of certain contests. You get yourself one month free of RG Premium. Amongst the things you get, Kyle, you get Kyle Premium, right? You, do you do tags today or no? As far as no. the uh, – Oh, well, not today. Not, not for basketball today, no. All right. Well, you do uh, – you take – what is it called? Your, uh, your, your, your big stand. Well, what's the term, the term I'm looking for? Conviction play for – yeah, I do that every week for NFL. And then um, the expert rankings I do – Almost every day. I think I do those every day except for uh, Thursday and Sunday. So I'll, you got my expert rankings in there for one of the one or two of the sites usually per day. So yeah, I think we both did it today. As far as the uh, oh, I, I had it today for Fanduel and DK, and of course we have them for all the sites there as well. Different people do them different sites, uh, and I'm in the expert survey as well too. Check it out myself and Notorious and Andy Beans and I believe SDL Car. It's a pretty good company. Uh, do want to shout out those that are rocking the RG badge. That will be Trace Martin seventy seven. Uh, Episauce, I believe that's Episauce, Rick2K18, and this is Fishbait. That's F1SHB8, Fishbait. Well played, Fishbait. Uh, all right, give me the overview as far as this slate before we break it down game by game. Yeah, so, you know, four-game slate, there's a significant amount of condensed ownership, especially considering we got uh, Damian Lillard out of the lineup for this one. Um, but, you know, four-game slate gives you, you know, a pretty good chance to dive a little bit deeper than sometimes you are allowed to on, you know, larger slates. So that, that's pretty exciting always. Um, so, yeah, I do think there are some pretty good pivots, but there's also some really good chalk today as well. So looking forward to talking about that. I think it's a really good slate to kind of step out of your normal comfort zone and maybe get a little bit weird. You know, it's a four-game slate. There you go, the typical chalk, you could end up with a lot of ties, you know, you know, lose a lot of equity in contests just because you're not really maximizing your, your difference in, in, in your lineup. So I think it is a good day to get different. Hey, let's talk about this. I know Yahoo sponsored show. I know DK is late swap, a lot of late swap out there. But how do you, like at this slate specifically, two games early, two games late, we don't have news on Phoenix. How do you handle that when you're forced to lock stuff in, uh, no matter if we have the information or not? Yeah, so for, for today's slate, I think it, it's really hard because there's a lot of good options in these first two games. So that makes it a little bit difficult because you want to get, you know, these Portland and New Orleans guys in. And the Golden State Memphis game is pretty good too. But I do think if you really want to get contrarian, that Phoenix Sacramento game and also, you know, the game after that, you could easily plug in some guys on the Suns, maybe in hopes that Rubio sits or whatever it may be. And the, or, you know, Baines is out. And then if that doesn't happen, you can obviously pivot two guys in the Oklahoma City and, and Los Angeles game. I think you'd be pretty contrarian for, for doing so. I pulled up our lineup HQ. We'll do that in the screen share later on throughout the show as well. <clears throat> and I, was, I wanted to see what we have as far, as far as our ownership projections. Obviously, they get more and more refined the closer and closer we get to lock. And I, I assume, I'm not sure if they've uh, factored in the New Orleans information as far as the body parts being in, the body parts being out. Uh, but I'm curious to see where that lands. But, you know, we mentioned Lillard not playing today. Uh, Anthony Simons is currently 64% owned. Uh, CJ McComb uh, 54% owned. Obviously, Portland value is going to open up to some degree. Uh, Hassan Whiteside, really interesting, depending on what site you're playing on. Uh, I love him on FanDuel as like a tournament play because I think the optimals, at least the ones I was running earlier today, the RG optimal was, it was telling me to play Hayes, uh, you know, the center for, for New Orleans. And uh, I'm not sure how that changes with, uh, you know, Ingram in. That probably doesn't help him necessarily. But uh, all right, let's, let's dive in. Let's break it down game by game. The first game we're talking about is the Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies. 222.5 is the total. Memphis is a six-point favorite. Oh, man, it's been rough times for Golden State. Draymond Green is running the point these days, which is awesome. Uh, he had the most potential assists last game. I think it was like 10 or 11. Uh, just behind him, I want to say, was Alec Burks. Uh, the Warriors are cheap, and they're going to score, give or take, 108 fantasy points. So who's – I think – and also, you know, Memphis, you know, they play at a fast pace as well, so this is an appealing game for sure. I think it's the second highest total on the board. It does. So – I think there's some value here in the Warriors, is there not? Yeah, definitely. I think one of the guys that stand out to me is Alec Burks. You know, he's the guy who, you know, sees a significant bump in usage with, with Russell off the floor, and obviously he's out. Um, but, yeah, I think both of these power forwards, I mean, depending on what site you are, he'll be power for eligible. eligible. But uh, Pascal and Green, I think are really interesting. Uh, Pascal is about, you know, $1,000 to maybe 1.2K cheaper on, on sites like FanDuel and DraftKings. But like you said, Draymond Green running the point um, kind of looked a little bit out of place. You know, it didn't really look like it was like he was comfortable or like it was like flowing. But we've seen him run point guard in the past, so I, I wouldn't take too much into it in that one game sample. So I think he's a really good option. Obviously, his usage should be up, his assist rate should be up, and uh, 
last but not least, I think Glenn Robinson, the third, another guy who should see 30 plus minutes pretty easily. And uh, I think he is a, a pretty solid value play. Like you said, this is a really good matchup for both teams. You know, this should be a game that is really good for fantasy. Two teams that don't play a whole lot of defense and they play pretty quick. So I think it's really good for fantasy. Do you have Glenn Robinson the third bias? I believe Michigan guy. Didn't he go to Michigan as well? And did yep. his kid go there? Also, I don't know. Maybe. No. You mean his dad? Well, his dad did. I'm pretty sure his dad went there. But did the little oh, boy yeah. go there? Yeah, yeah, no? yep, they both. Yeah, they both went there. Okay, yep. yeah. So of course you're gonna like Robinson, right? We just oh, established yeah. this on previous shows that you have a Michigan yeah. bias. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> just throwing it Gotta out. Gotta love GR three. Yeah. Do we think, do we assume that was like a one-time deal for Draymond? Is it possible we see Kai Bowman draw the start as the point guard? Uh, because we don't have official starting lineup, but it wouldn't surprise me if they just you know, move Draymond back uh, to the floor yeah. or something like that. Um, but it also wouldn't surprise me if you know, Bowman only plays 20 minutes or so. Uh, so what's our take on this? Like, yeah, what do you I do expect think as far as starting lineup? I do think it is possible that they move Draymond back to the, to the four or, or whatever and then kind of insert Bowman into the starting lineup. Um, I, I do think we'll see Draymond get the start again at, at the point guard, so uh, I wouldn't count on it. But I do think it's definitely possible, especially considering, you know, like I said, it didn't really look like it was natural or anything anything like that. So um, I don't know. As long as Alec Burks is starting, I, I do think he's probably my favorite option, especially if Draymond is starting at, at the one. I Essentially, I think Burks will get the, the, the majority of the uh, ball handling opportunities outside of Draymond in that starting rotation if Bowman does stay on the bench. That'd be my favorite guy. So I think you do need to monitor the starting lineup, but I think it'll be the same. I, I screwed up. Uh, big T in the chat's telling us we screwed up. Apparently, uh, Glenn Robinson went to Purdue, which is like, it's a big 10. It's close enough, right? I know they probably don't like each other, Purdue and Michigan. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. I yeah. thought for some reason they both went to Michigan. I'm not a college basketball guy. I got to stay in my lane. I apologize. <laughs> All I know is that it's Sunday. The, the, the dad's too old for me, so. <laughs> right in big uh, T's alley, though. Yeah, you'd think so. Big T might have played against him for all we know. Uh, and he probably worked Big T. Uh, WCS averages over a fantasy point per minute. Uh, you know, Draymond's at .94 this season. You mentioned Burks at .92, not, not afraid to shoot. Pascal. Pascal's got a, you know, he's, he's got a girthy. He's on team girth. He's going to roll to Air Pascal. He's not shy about shooting a decent fantasy point per minute player as well, too. Cole's been terrible fantasy point per minute wise, but he might get a, a good bit of minutes and he is super cheap. And you mentioned Robinson as well, .7 fantasy points per minute. Uh, as far as the Memphis side, you know, it's kind of tricky to get the minutes out of the jaw. He's been up and down. I suppose he's appealing as a tournament play for that reason. You catch him on the right night, kind of a bit of a roller coaster. Good matchup, of course, against Golden State and, you know, dreadful defensively. Uh, and again, I know you're playing at FanDuel a good bit. His price on FanDuel seems less appealing there than other spots. Is that kind of where you're at as far as jaw? Um, you know, on a four-game slate, I, I don't really think I – would call it unappealing because I think it'll kind of make him contrarian. And as a tournament player, that's kind of what I'm looking for. Uh, lineup HQ has him projected at 24% right now. And on a four game slate, I think that's, that's pretty solid. And like you said, we have seen, I think the one thing that was encouraging the most is the two games before, you know, the Denver one, when the game was a blowout and he only played 21 minutes, he was in the thirties in back-to-back games. So you know, I think if we can get 30 minutes out of him in this kind of matchup in a game that I don't really see a way, I don't really see it being, being a blowout or anything. I do think it'll stay close. Uh, so I think it's a really good option for for Morant here today, especially with Lillard out. He's kind of like the the clear cut high end guy at point guard, and as long as you can get thirty minutes in this matchup, I think he's pretty solid. Yeah, kind of the same thought process for Triple J. Even worse, like he's not as appealing on Fanduel. Of course, you can play in there, and of course, he get there. And one of the big concerns with Triple J is that he gets handsy. But you know, I was thinking about it, and I even looked it up as far as like fouls drawn collectively as a on the Golden State side. And I think they're like bottom seven, bottom eight, something like that. Like I try to think of who's going to get him in foul trouble. Of course, you're asking for trouble for asking that question because he, he'll find it. He'll find a way yeah. to get in foul trouble for sure. Um, the worst is like when he gets a foul like the first minute and you're just like chasing it the entire game. Um, so he's, he's a, it's a real sphincter clincher when you have a Triple J and he gets that foul in the first minute or so. But, uh, of course, there's plenty of upside as well too. And you know, he could get on the inside as far as this Golden State team. WCS does not scare me away. There's no rim protector here per se that's going to chase a Triple J away from me. Um, you know, we know the world of a salary cap. How do you feel about Triple J's salary in comparison to everybody else? Yeah, I I like Jackson a lot today. Like I said, it's a day where I'm really trying to get different. Draymond Green's going to suck up a lot of ownership, and Jaron Jackson's going to be, you know, a direct pivot off of him at, at a similar price, especially on FanDuel where he's only $100 more expensive. So I think, like you said, there's always that worry with foul trouble. And um, But when you consider, you know, the starting the potential starting lineup, it could be, you know, Draymond Green and Eric Pascal as the, the front court. But with Draymond running the point, it could really make uh, things in the paint 
quite easy for Jaron Jackson. So, you know, I do have a lot of interest in Jackson. He's kind of a, one of my favorite GPP plays, especially at the power forward where it's another position that's going to have, you know, a good amount of condensed ownership. Uh, more appealing price uh, on DK, what I'm seeing. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. And by the way, I, I, would, I pulled up, I was curious uh, what my rankings were today on FanDuel for point guard specific. You could talk about Ja. And like Anthony, Anthony Simons is like an obvious, that's like the first guy you put in there. Of course, you can do anything you want in tournaments. Uh, and Bowman's still pretty cheap. But I had Ja third only because like the rest of them kind of stink. Like, and we don't know about the, the Rubio situation. So a guy like Javon Carter is still still in the middle. That price has not changed since last night. And that's where he should be because he's terrible. But if he plays like 28 minutes, I suppose he can get there. Uh, Rondo's kind of cheap. But just in general, uh, it's not a fun build on FanDuel today with that point guard, is it? Nope, not at all. Because, I mean, especially in tournaments, you're either going for a guy who is like 70% owned, maybe even more. Like we've seen we've seen some intense chalk this year where we've seen guys in the 80 and 90 percent in tournaments and it's probably going to be the case again tonight with simon so you're probably playing him and then yeah it gets kind of tricky after that i'm curious what uh, what your take is on that just hit the lock button or uh yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it we'll talk about the game soon enough obviously that, that's on deck uh yahoo specific triple j is 22 dollars, which is perfectly fine with me uh miranda 25 is okay too but i don't necessarily need that uh jonas valentuna is there at the center Going to play about 27, 28, 29 minutes or something like that. Is that good enough for you? Can he get there? Yeah, I think at that, you know, his minutes are so up and down. But, um, you know, on a night like tonight, where ah! you can take that. Big T. I, I will give his number out right now to the entire world. <laughs> Big T, uh, that's your one warning. My apologies. My brother's in town. I had to keep my ringer on because I'm not sure if he's going to see. Whatever. Go ahead. I, I didn't interrupt you. Big T interrupt you. Go ahead. Big T would do that. Um, yeah, someone actually already said that uh, Jaron Jackson fouled out already. I thought that was pretty funny. But uh, <laughs> Valanchunas, yeah, the minutes are so you know in, unpredictable. But I think you know on a night like tonight where there is going to be pretty significant chalk with Hayes at center, I think he's okay. I think I'd prefer Whiteside at you know 400 more on on Fanduel, and I think he's actually cheaper over on DraftKings. On DraftKings, Whiteside is a really good play. Yeah, he's 500 dollars cheaper than Valanchunas, so I think I'd just kind of prefer white side, but I do think Valentinus is interesting for tournaments. Yeah. I'm curious how that ownership is, is going to change over there because I love uh, the chats going nuts. there, and having <laughs> a good time. I see the RG chat. I don't see the YouTube chat. What we do, we need, we need to see on YouTube is uh, some likes, some subscribes. There you go. Hook that up. We'll, uh, that will significantly answer, uh, increase the chances of us to answer your question later on the show. Um, anybody else that's worth talking about? Like the, uh, the pieces like the, the Crowder, the D, Dylan Brooks, slow-mo Clark, Tyus Jones, it's a four-game slate. I guess we got to throw these names out there and like acknowledge their existence. But do any of these yeah. guys do anything for you? Uh, the one guy that I, I like a pretty good amount is Dylan Brooks. He's just a guy who you know continues to get shots up. A minute's last game, not a deal, but he played, he started, then played the, the second quarter, and started the third quarter, and then the game was just out of hand, so we didn't see any time after like five minutes outside of uh, the third quarter. So I think Brooks is interesting. He does get, get shots up, and he's a pretty good scorer, so he's probably the main one. Crowder is somewhat interesting, but uh, there's there actually is a lot of good small forward options in that price range, so I probably don't get to a whole lot of Crowder. But uh, I think Brooks is pretty solid. You got anything else this game that's worth mentioning? Uh, no, that's pretty much it for me. All right, Portland, New Orleans, 231.5 is a total big number. Uh, great DFS game, obviously. Portland is currently a one-point dog, so it's high and it's tight. Uh, we know there's no Lillards, lots of shots to go around. Uh, did you say it's official? Carmelo is going to draw the start. Is that what we're expecting? Yep. Carmelo, Stott said Carmelo is going to start and play around 20 minutes. Okay. Um, he's going to play around 20 minutes. Let's just, let's take him at his word. Let's say that that's the number is. Um, yeah. I, I saw earlier today the, the total for an actual like point scored, like points in the bucket, was nine and a half. Let's let's say that you know. Let's say I know props aren't the sharpest lines in the world necessarily. But let's say that's the number. Can he get like ten to fifteen points in peripherals to make it worth your while? Is he worth a roster spot? Oh man, the thing for me is I just I do think there are some really solid value plays, um, and even I think Bazemore is probably the better play. He doesn't have that minutes limit. He could see you know upwards of 25, 26 minutes. Will probably carry a significant amount of usage uh, if he's with that second unit. So I think overall I prefer Bazemore over Anthony, and he's $100 more expensive over on FanDuel. Um, on DraftKings, I think they're similar, similarly priced as well. I don't think Bazemore is too expensive. Yeah, he's, uh, he's actually 
$300 cheaper than, than Mello over there on DraftKings. So I think it is pretty hard to play Mello. I, I, I do think he's so interesting. He's probably going to get shots up, you know, <laughs> if he gets going. He'll probably get a few extra minutes. But it's really hard for me to kind of picture him being, you know, able to play 25 minutes. You know, he hasn't played basketball in, what, 16 years? So <laughs> it's been quite a he while. He never looked like the most, like, in-shape guy either, like when he was on Houston. Yeah. For what it's worth, yeah, yeah. I mean, I still think he can, you know, get it done. You know, maybe get some some post up game going and, and spot up shooting. But I, I still think Bazemore's probably the higher upside guy. I just don't see him having a ceiling game here. If you do project him twenty minutes, which I think is probably the reasonable thing to do. Yeah, his game is still stuck in like two thousand three, right? Like you know, you start with the post up game, and he doesn't play this, this two thousand nineteen ball and whatever. I mean, I, I'm with you. I don't think he plays more than twenty minutes. We shall see. Maybe I'm wrong. If we're wrong, so be it. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's probably going to chuck. Like, why not? And yeah, this is the perfect situation, right? It's the perfect storm. You got a matchup against the Warlands and no Lillard. So, like, somebody's got to shoot the ball. And, you know, maybe McCollum just takes a few extra shots or maybe Whiteside just dominates on the inside. And this Jackson Hayes kid, uh, he's, he's talented, super athletic. But Whiteside, and we always knock about like, Whiteside as far as his effort. But if he tries, if he wants to, he can just he can, he can annihilate this Hayes kid. Like, I, I think Whiteside can absolutely dominate him. And you talk about posting up and just do whatever he wants to, the, to Hayes. He's still figuring it out. Like, lottery pick, I think he's like 19 years old or something like that. There's raw talent. And he's gonna, he probably is going to be a thing in a couple of years. And he's a good fantasy guy right now. Uh, super handsy, Hayes. Um, but I, I love Whiteside tonight. Uh, it's, it's depending on where you're shopping, depending on where you're looking. Obviously, 20 and Yahoo feels like a great spot. Um, he's a little bit, I don't want to say he's overpriced on FanDuel, but like, Again, this is what I saw earlier. They were pointing me in the direction of Hayes instead of Whiteside. I'm like, please, everybody else do that. I want to get Whiteside. He's dropping 2020. He'll throw in a couple blocks, too, just for fun. He's one of my bold calls tonight. Are you with me as far as Hassan? Yeah, I love Whiteside. Uh, it is a really good matchup. I think it's going to be pretty fast pace up and down. And also, you know, on DraftKings, where you can play both of them, I think that's a pretty viable option, especially considering how cheap Whiteside is. Like, he's 6300 over there. That's very affordable. Um on FanDuel, you know, I do think you're kind of paying up to be contrarian, but with all the value on the slate, it's really easy to do. And, I mean, me personally, I don't know necessarily how many studs I'm trying to, you know, jam into to a lineup here. So I think it makes a lot of sense to balance out a lineup. And with all the good value, I could just have more guys that are maybe a little bit overpriced, like John Morant, like Hassan Whiteside, uh, kind of rounding out my lineups. It's funny. Yeah, I wrote up in the expert survey today about uh, we'll get to LeBron, but and I wrote LeBron as like a contrarian play which is like, seems like a completely ridiculous thing to say. Yeah. But like, uh, I, was, I was running some optimals. I ran 150 optimals on RG. And this, again, news has changed since then. And maybe that's no longer the case, but he was popping up like a 9% of them. And it's like, you can get LeBron James at 9%. Uh, and it might not be that. That's not exactly how you figure it out, obviously. I don't know what his projection is. It probably changed again. But, you know, they're going to point you in the direction of Davis before they are LeBron because he's cheaper. Um, but, you know, you talk about studs. Those studs are lurking for sure. Nothing great about that game. It's just the fact that LeBron James is still absolutely, you know, awesome at basketball. And he might be somewhat ignored, relatively speaking, uh, just because of the nature of the slate. Now, talk about C.J. McCollum. Are you embracing that chalk? Is it good, delicious chalk? Uh, so this is the one thing that I've been going back and forth the most on. And, you know, I mean, this isn't necessarily a spot where McCollum is underpriced by, you know, a significant amount. I mean, the price is fine. It's not anything like you're you're terrified of. And, and Lillard being out definitely helps. But let's say Lillard was in. This would be a, a, probably a bad price for him. So it's not like he's priced, you know, incorrectly. Uh, I do think it is a, a, a fine spot. It's a really good matchup. Um, but overall, with all the pivots on the slate, I think I'll be underweight on C.J. McCollum. It's going to be hard for me to not have any of them because I, I do think he's in a really good spot. And I, The usage bump, I mean, looking at it over the past two years without Lillard on the court, He's barely a, a one per minute guy. It's so, not special. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah. I mean, sure, you should probably project him for upwards of 30, 36, 37 minutes. And that's, you know, really solid. If he has a, a ceiling game, he could smash. But, you know, like I said, four game slate, it's a really good day to get really wacky. And when he's going to be 70% at that price, it's not, it's not like you're playing Simons at 70%, you know, where he's super cheap. McCollum's not cheap. And there, there are pivots around there. So, I, I think I would rather fade McCollum than Simons. They're projected over 115 points. So where those points come from, not McCollum, I think Simons is your first answer. And that's what he does. Like if he doesn't, if he's not pointing, pointing uh, points in the bucket, you're in trouble, but he's going to chuck too. Uh, yeah. And again, the matchup's really good. And like, there's not a lot of guys around that are willing to shoot. So uh, he feels well positioned unless he's like super inefficient. 
Uh, you know, if he's like three for 16 or something like that, you're in a lot of trouble. But uh, I, I like Simons as well, too. And like you said, the price is not where it should be based upon what we think his role is going to be tonight. Uh, does this extend to other guys like Rodney Hood? Is he playable? Like, talk to me that nobody ever wants – nobody wakes up in the morning and said, you know who I feel like playing today in DFS? Rodney Hood. You're not happy about it when you click that button. But if you're not playing McCollum, you understand points are going to come from somewhere. Can, can Hood put like 20 relay points in the bucket? Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've seen him do it not consistently, but, you know, he's done it two or three times. Uh, yeah, three times this year, 20-plus points with Lillard on the floor. So, you know, I do think Hood is a guy who's going to shoot. I think I prefer Bazemore over him. He's going to get the usage uh, with that second unit. Like I said, the starting lineup actually isn't out yet, and I do think we'll see – since Melo's jumping the lineup, starting lineup, I think we'll see Bazemore with that second unit. So Bazemore's kind of the guy that I have a good amount of interest in here. I think I would prefer him over Hood and Melo. Uh, McCullum, Hood, Little, Anthony, and uh, Whiteside is what we have projected right now. That seems like a fair guess, right? As far as their starting lineup? Yeah, I think I think that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Uh, Simon's coming off the bench and probably playing uh, you know, 28. What's the projected minutes? 28 minutes for Simon's? That sound about right? 31, 20, 30? Uh, I, I have him over 30. I have him at uh, 32 right now. Okay. Yep. Uh, anything else to say that as far as the Portland side? I, I agree with you as far as baseball. It just seems too cheap. Uh, by the Yahoo specific, we got Hood's 10 bucks, Little's 10 bucks, Anthony's 10 bucks, Baysmore's 10 bucks, and Simon's is 10 bucks. Okay. You got to have some Blazers, right? You have to have a, you can't not have any Blazers. Yeah, there, there are so many guys that are min-priced on Yahoo that are viable. And that's yeah. pretty much, you know, a nightly thing. But tonight it's even more evident with all these guys, on, even on the same team at that, at that price. So you should have some of those guys for sure. Uh, I saw a note in chat. If you're to believe chat, uh, the note says that Ingram is not on a minutes limit tonight. How do we feel about Brandon Ingram coming back? Uh, man, Ingram, I, I think if that price came down a little bit, I would have more interest. But – I, even if he wasn't going to be on a minutes limit, which I don't think that – even if he's not, I guess, officially on a minutes limit, I wouldn't be surprised to see him maybe get scaled back a little bit coming off that somewhat lengthy absence. I guess on DraftKings, I would like him more. On FanDuel, I probably don't get to too much of him because I think there are a lot of good options in that value range, and uh, his price is kind of – he's at 8.7 on FanDuel. Probably won't get to him over there. What's going on? There's a, you made the worst take ever in the history of RG, according to the chat. Is it, congratulations, by the way. There's a lot. There's a lot of contenders. <laughs> no, no somebody, somebody said something about, uh, you know, that, that's why he pays for RG Premium to hear takes like uh, CJ McCollum, fade CJ McCollum. I didn't say fade him. I said underweight on him. You know, I think if you have five or six yeah. times, he's going to be 70% owned. Like, I mean, you got you to gotta play just not checkers here so you know it's gbps for a reason you're trying to get to the top i don't want to finish in the middle or at that cash line i want to be number one so sometimes you gotta do yeah. things like that ricky bobby style man so if he puts up yeah. 40 points or whatever you can survive that you're fine if yeah, he puts I mean, up like 65 or 70 you're scuffling you're in trouble but uh, like we've yeah. seen in the past you know he's averaged just just above one fantasy point per minute with lower being out i looked at his numbers from last year as well too i think it was like 300 minutes or so give or take on the court iq yeah. i'm sure you did the same thing uh, his usage went up a little bit, but I would imagine his efficiency takes a slight hit as well, uh, which kind of makes sense in my head. I suppose that's what's going down there. Yeah. But yeah, he's not like this great, like monster fantasy point minute player. He's just probably going to play 37, 38 minutes in a good spot. And yeah, for your cash games, play Lillard for sure. Uh, but there, yeah, it, there, there is things like leverage. There's things on it. It also gives you a different build because it's not necessarily yeah. a 1v1. When you put him in your lineup, you're getting pointed in the direction of other players. And now all of a sudden it becomes like a three V three. So yeah, understand, understand these concepts. And I think it was pretty clear that you were not saying it's a bad play. Yeah. Uh, not by any means, but there, you know, sometimes it's not about, you know, projecting the best play. Sometimes it is game theory. And especially on a four game slate, I think the smaller the slate, the more game theory is really brought into tournaments. And, you know, that's why I think getting pivoting off a guy like McCollum at 70% when I don't necessarily think he's, so underpriced i think it's it's viable especially when we see that his numbers don't in, increase immensely like we're going to talk about a guy in the next game who his numbers increase immensely when, when when someone's off the floor so why not play that guy at you know more than half the ownership so yeah that's my take on it did this guy uh, get a pretty big significant price bump as well um not really not that i, I think he actually maybe a little bit but okay maybe we're talking yeah. i'm not sure we're talking about it we have to talk about the same guy 
Uh, talk about the other pieces as far as New Orleans uh, holiday. How much of a hit does he take with Ingram being in there? Uh, he's, he's fully priced up based upon like how he's been doing of late with like nobody else around him. Now there's some better options to play with. Um, Jackson's also available too, for what it's worth. Uh, Reddick, I think Reddick is in, right? There's no, there was no issue with him. He had his heel last time and he played pretty well. Um, other pieces as far as New Orleans, or I guess we got to have the Jackson Hayes conversation. He's been a really solid fantasy point minute player. Uh, no Okafor. Well, actually, is that official? Because I saw in chat also they were saying that uh, Ball is now doubtful for what it's worth. I, that keeps changing. So Lonzo Ball is growing officially not out, apparently. Uh, but it's doubtful. We're assuming he's not going to play. Uh, Okafor is not going to play. And Favors is not going to play. They do have Melly, who's a big dude, I suppose. They can give him some run. We've seen Portland in the past. Like, they will play a small five. Like, if the game happens to go, the game happens to go that way. But uh, there's not a lot of options besides, you know, uh, Hayes and Melly. I don't know who else can play the five for them. Can Ingram put the five in a pinch, I suppose? Um, yeah, the peripheral pieces on New Orleans. What's your take? Yeah, I think uh, Hayes is kind of the one that really gets the, the minutes boost with – because, I mean, with Jackson and Ingram coming back, some some of these guys like, you know, Williams, Moore, Melly, um, Alexander Walker, those guys are affected kind of directly. I think Hayes kind of is less impacted out. I don't think we see, you know, Kenrick or Ingram playing the five a whole lot, maybe a little bit, but – you know, with Whiteside in the floor, it's, they're going to need some size. So I think Hayes probably gets the steady minutes. Um, I did bump him down, you know, a minute or two with the news of Ingram and uh, and Jackson coming back. But overall, I think he's one of the better value plays on the slate. Can't really hate on that. Um, as far as these other guys, I did have a lot of interest in, you know, Kenrick Williams before and uh, Alexander Walker. But with Jackson coming back, it's really hard to play Alexander Walker. He's already a guy who, you know, is very, you know, his minutes fluctuate pretty much day to day. I guess Kendrick Williams is still pretty stable when it comes to minutes, so I'll have some interest in him, but he's kind of priced up. So overall, I guess the main interest here is Holiday. I still like a good amount in Hayes for me. Yeah, Hayes on the season, averaging just short of a fantasy point per minute, and um, I'm checking our, our stuff right now on Lineup HQ. I'm curious what we have him ranked for as far as minutes. I would guess around 30. Is 30 too ambitious? Is that about right? What do you have, Matt? For who? Sorry, what did you say? For Hayes. What do you have his minutes at? Uh, I have Hayes at, yeah, 30. Yeah, the lineup A2 is going to have a 32. I think that's, you know, I mean, again, if he dodges foul trouble, he, I guess he can get there in 32 minutes. That feels a little bit over the median number for me, but uh, that, that's just my take. Hey, look, if I'm rostering him, he definitely can get there. For sure he's shown yeah, that before definitely. in the past. <clears throat> uh, you got anything else in this game that's worth talking about? I mean, basically talk about every single piece here. Shall you move on and talk about the uh, one of your pivots, it sounds like? Yeah, I mean, for in this game real quick, I will say one thing. Ingram does, you know, Great out pretty well with all these guys off the floor. He's at 27% usage and a 1.15 points per minute. Holiday does take a pretty significant hit with uh with Ingram back on the floor. So I, I guess, you know, I I guess now I probably say Ingram over Holiday, but I do think Holiday comes at a position where it's a little bit more enticing over there with, with the pivot. So uh, I guess Holiday, Ingram, and Hayes would be my, my favorite ones with Hayes being first on my list for them. But other than that, that's it. That's all I got for this game. Yeah, Ingram's been a much better fantasy player this year so far and yeah. compared to Holiday as well. Uh, Phoenix, Sacramento, 218 is the total. Sacramento playing much slower this year, obviously. That's why. And Phoenix playing a better defensive uh, uh, unit as well, which may take a hit with the Aaron Baines, who's currently questionable. Uh, all that girth might be out, and that'll be uh, interesting because it can open things up as far as uh, the old Rashawn Holmes revenge game. Uh, I do think there's something to that, by the way, as far as Rashawn Holmes. Uh, I, if I like him more if Baines does not play – He's in all of a sudden the likes of like Dario Saric and Frank Kaminsky are going to be tasked in, in covering Rashawn Holmes, who's a, a pure energy guy, a pure athletic guy. And, you know, Dario Saric and Frank Kaminsky, we wouldn't describe them that way, would we? They're more crafty. Uh, the total is 218. Phoenix, of course, is a three-point uh, dog. Uh, let's talk about the Phoenix side at first. And I suppose this is like an if-then conversation, correct? Yeah, definitely. I mean, so for me, for the Suns, the big one that I'm waiting on, Baines is a pretty, you know, important piece, especially when you're considering guys like Kaminsky and Sarge. But the big one for me is Ricky Rubio. If he sits, I think Devin Booker is probably my favorite play on the entire slate. Uh, I don't think anyone really gets to him, even if Rubio is ruled out prior to lock. But uh, if, if that news isn't there, uh, I definitely think no one's going to be on him. So, you know, considering guys like McCollum, Holiday, getting a pretty significant amount of ownership at similar prices, Booker is going to be man, he could be 15% on a four-game slate, which is kind of insane. So it's a pretty good matchup for him here. Um, and with Rubio out, he just gets a massive bump. You know, he's at 1.34 points per minute and up to a 32% usage rate with Rubio off the floor. 
So that's a, that's a almost 5% increase in usage and a 0.31 uptick in, in permanent fantasy points. So like, that's what I'm talking about when you consider McCollum versus Booker. Booker's getting a massive upgrade, and he's going to play the minutes. Um, his peripherals haven't been great this year, partially because of Rubio being on the floor and taking the assists up. But I think Booker is probably one of my favorite plays if Rubio sits here. Question in the chat, should I smash the like button on YouTube? You don't have to smash it. Just uh, caress, uh, you know, finagle, uh, whatever word you want to use to, to, like, put the thumb up, right? I don't know. How, how, how do you treat the like button? You got to smash Tap? it. Smash it. All right. Got to smash it. As if you're Hulk or something like that. I mean, yeah, exactly. you, know, you got to you know, understand that you want that laptop also to like stay intact. So however that yeah. works, I don't know. If you guys are watching on YouTube, if you guys are asking questions, of course, D-Train, our fabulous multitasking producer, who's going to have a fun video for you guys at the end during the credits. Stay tuned for that. We want to promote that as much as possible. <laughs> uh, check out Mangone's Twitter. It's good times for sure. His spiritual advisor sort of weighed in on him. Um, yeah, so uh, hit the like, hit the subscribe. If you guys are asking questions, Devin's going to go ahead and pull those questions. We'll have plenty of time to tackle as many before we turn it over to crunch time, which is one Andy means. And uh, Kevin Roth, they'll answer any questions for you. If anything late-breaking news goes down, goes down as well, they'll tell you how to adjust. They even stick around after lock and talk about ownership. It's all sorts of good things over there on the crunch time in the premium. Uh, what other thoughts do we have as far as Phoenix? Do you want to talk about Sacramento? For me, this is like the least appealing game, but it can become more interesting if the pieces fall a certain way. Yeah, I mean, I think if Rubio and Baines are out, this is my favorite game of the day, especially for GPPs. Um, you know, Baines is out, probably locking Kaminsky in the 30-minute range. We've seen Kaminsky get up there when, when Baines gets in foul trouble. Anyway, so if, if Baines is out, Kaminsky's probable, so expect him to suit up. Oh, it looks like he's a game-time call now, apparently. Oh. So so whatever he – if he plays and Baines doesn't, he's a good play. Um, and if Rubio's out, another guy that gets a pretty significant uptick, and I don't think anyone's going to – I think he'll probably have more ownership than Booker, but um, Kelly Oubre Jr. is a guy who I love Kelly Oubre Jr. as a player. And then today in this, in this matchup, I think it's a really good up-pace spot. So uh, good spot for Oubre. Love Booker and Oubre if Rubio sits. I love Bogdanovich. I think he's awesome. I think he's like the best player in Sacramento. Is that a hot take to say that? I don't know. For- for fantasy, I don't think so. I think it's, it's no, like the best day. actual basketball player. Like, is are he you, the best basketball player on that team? Are you counting yeah. healthy players or? Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, you think Fox is their best player? You think uh, I think, I, I think Bagley's their best player? But, yeah, um, but yeah, it's an interesting Twitter question because it could be like one of like four. Somebody's gonna say Buddy Hyde, right? Yeah, I mean they have a pretty solid roster. They, uh, too bad they're like you know. Losing minutes to Harrison Barnes and Trevor Ariza instead of just playing these guys more, but whatever. When you have the opportunity to sign Harry Barnes like a four-year deal, you just have to do it, right? He won yeah, a, no, a, ch- a championship. He's got that championship mentality. He's taken to the locker room. That's very yep. important. Yeah, and then and then a week later say, oh, we regret that contract. That was good. Is that what Vladi said? That's amazing if that's true. It, it was just a rumor, but still. I mean, they should regret it. I don't know why they wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to be fair, like Sacramento has not signed a big name free agent since like 1972. Like that just yeah. nobody chooses to play in Sacramento when you have choices. It's all like the B and C list guys. But still, what what are you doing signing Harry, signing Harry Bond? Um, talk to me as far as the Kings tonight, the healthy Kings. Like Fox is great, but he's not playing tonight, so we're crossing him off the list. You got Buddy Hield, you got Bogdanovich, who's fully priced up, but he's coming off that bench. And you, basically when he comes on the court, he's essentially not coming off, so you can project him well. We've seen it in the past. Like when they're all healthy, you don't really know who's going to close amongst the five. But, you know, it's just kind of worked itself out with a couple of dudes, Bagley being hurt and Fox being hurt. I presume we're going to see Bogdanovich closing once again. Uh, he's my favorite guy in this team, but he's fully priced up. And I don't love the matchup versus Phoenix. I think it's a better matchup if Baines doesn't play. I think it's a better matchup if Ruby doesn't play. And it's all these ifs. So you tell me, what are we doing? Yeah, so, I mean, basically for Holmes, is Holmes is probably my top target from this team. Like I said, get, get you away from that condensed ownership at power forward. Also, you know, the Suns, even though even with Baines in, they're allowing the ninth most points in the paint. So I do think, you know, he gets a pretty significant uptick if Baines is out because he's a, Baines is a pretty, like you said, I know it's your favorite word in the world, girthy. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's a good defender as well, protects the rim. So I think Holmes is a really good play. Uh, Bogdanovich I do have some interest in. Buddy Heald I have less interest in just because – Bogdanovich and Heald kind of have similar numbers, similar rates. So I probably just lean the guy who is, is cheaper, even though Heald did shoot the lights out uh, last game. You know, if he does that, he's gonna he's gonna break the slate because he's once he gets hot, that's how that's how he goes. But I think Bogdanovich is probably better, puts up better peripheral stats, and uh, is it, cheaper. So I prefer Bogdanovich over Heald. 
if you're a guy shooting for the top and you're shooting for the top, you don't roster. You don't want like to eke your way to get 20 fantasy points out of Corey Joseph. There's no chance you roster Corey Joseph. Yeah, I think you can just count on Simons, you know, having a little bit more ceiling than Corey Joseph. I mean, I don't so want to I'd speak for there. you. Feel free to disagree, but he just he doesn't seem like a kind of guy that you would roster. I know we don't yeah. have a salary cap, but he's kind of worthless. Yeah. I hate guys like Corey Joseph who play tournaments and just don't do anything. I think if, even if you wanted to get really weird and go Yogi Ferrell, I'd probably be more interesting. He's going to play, you know, he could play 15 or 25 minutes. So that is a standard tip, a typical tournament play. But I will say if Bowman ends up getting in the starting lineup over, you know, whoever and Draymond Green moves back to the four, Bowman could be a direct pivot. I think I forgot to mention that during that game, but uh, Bowman would probably go pretty under-owned if he, as long as he's starting. Uh, so that would kind of be the pivot off of uh, Simon's chalk. If Bowman doesn't start, are you crossing him out? Um, are we yeah, just assuming Draymond's going to run the point and Bowman's going to play like 20 to 25 minutes? Yeah, I think I would pretty much cross him out. With the rotations, where they looked, with, with Green running the point, Bowman got a lot of you know that production in, in the blowout, so uh, I probably wouldn't have any of them. So the uh, I'm in office today. The tricky part, apparently they're, they're talking about the camera. The camera's popping today. All my pores, all my uh, blotches, and apparently all my gray hairs are popping today too. So uh, <laughs> uh, I'm hashtag old apparently. And uh, yeah, I'm, work, I'm doing the Silver Fox thing. I'm not going to do the Just for Men. Come on, man. I'm not doing that. I shouldn't go that route, should I? You tell uh, me. No, no, just let the gray run. Come on. I don't know. I, I've never considered that, but uh, you know, we'll see how it works out. But I, I, I did not see the camera. I don't see what actually what's going on, what's being put out to the people. But apparently, uh, the grays are popping. Anything else in this game? It's uh, you know, who cares about my gray hair? We're talking about DFS. Uh, Phoenix, Sacramento. We want to talk any more about this game, or we want to talk about the dual prong hammer, the second part that is OKC in the Lake Show. Yeah, I'm pretty much all set on this game. OKC and the Lakers, two eleven is the total. Lakers are just the best defensive team in basketball. That's just what it is. Deal with it. Uh, and people are still figuring out, like in the old, you know, last year, let's just play people against the Lakers. No, you don't do that anymore. Back-to-back for OKC. No travel, right? They played the Clippers last night, same arena. Um, yeah, the aforementioned LeBron uh, Davis, we assume he's fine with his shoulder. Like his stat lines have not been good. He's not been rebounding the ball. He's been blocking shots. That's something. you got to use your shoulder for that, at least one of them. Um, yeah, so your first take as far as the, the studs on the Lakers, am I wrong in assessing that? At least for a four-game slate, at least the, like these guys feel like I don't want to—they're not super popular. They're like the, people aren't just like clicking those buttons and figuring it out. Like I'll play LeBron or play Davis and moving on, or is that an incorrect assessment? Yeah, I mean, I think I think they'll still get you know forty, around okay. forty, maybe fifty percent. But like on a four-game slate, that's it's a lot, but it's not like like we're gonna see guys who will have more ownership than that. So I do think you know compared to some guys, they'll be. You no know, lower owned, but I, I do think they'll still get 40, maybe 50 percent. Yeah, I'm pulling up our ownership right now. Let's see where we have those two guys. I'm kind of curious, and I guess maybe we can do the screen share while we're talking about this game. I don't really know. Maybe it's something we can make work. Devin, uh, he's all over it. Uh, our current ownership, as we're seeing right now, we talked about Simons before. I think we moved the ne- we moved the needle on Simons. Nobody else knew about him. <laughs> we moved it. Now it's at 69 for that. 69%. Nice. Uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, I mean, is that nice? I mean, I know it's nice, but is that nice? Si- so, we went Anthony ni- Simons at 69%. Uh, we have nice. a- <laughs> but yeah, we got LeBron at 45. And of course, the bit changes on, you know, where you're shopping as far as what's like 43% for Davis. Okay. So the things have changed. Uh, earlier today, I thought LeBron was going to be somewhat under own, but apparently that's not going to be the case. What are you doing with these guys? Uh, I think there's an, there's a lot of value on the slate, obviously. So you can definitely get uh, Davis and James in. But overall, I think I I find myself getting to more of you know balanced builds, especially with guys in the the mid to higher tier that I like. I think if we see Rubio ruled in, I'll probably have more Davis and LeBron because it'll kind of push me off of some Booker that I have, and obviously open up some salary. So I think that is one way I get to more Davis and LeBron. I think out of the two, I prefer prefer Davis, but it's not like it's, it's really close. It's not, it's definitely not an easy decision. You're not They're scared both off like by how bad he's been up late. No, I don't, I don't think so. I think, I think if anything that could bring his ownership down, which is somewhat intriguing a report today said he's nearing a hundred percent. His shoulders apparently feeling better. You can take that for how you want to, but yeah, I think I prefer Davis just because there's more options at small forward in the, the kind of cheaper range that I do like, and I feel more confident in the, uh, 
the, the power four position, there are some guys in the mid range that, you know, I do think have some upside, but like, for example, Jaron Jackson Jr. He has some upside, but he could fall out in the first 30 seconds of the game. So, you know, there's some risk as well. So I think if I had to choose between Davis and LeBron, I would lean AD. Is there a third Laker you'd consider? I have one. Do you have one? Uh, Rajon Rondo for me. That's mine. Tell me, tell me why you yeah. like Rondo. Well, I think if anything, we talked about it before, as far as FanDuel specific, like yep. the point guard possession is not very strong and, you know, yep. Rondo can play 20 to 25 minutes and weasel his way to 27, 28 fantasy points. That's awesome. I'd love that. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously with the report that the minutes limit is no longer, that's uh, that's interesting. It's an okay matchup. Nothing, you know, exceptional or nothing great. The Thunder are 13th in defensive efficiency. So they're you know pretty much middle of the pack defensively, but you know, on a, on a slate like this where we're going to see Simons at, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to, you know, look at eight o'clock and see Simons, 80% owned in, in some tournaments. So if you want to, you know, take a pivot to Rondo on Fandle specifically, he's a hundred dollars more, but like you said, point guard isn't, isn't anything like pretty anymore now that Lillard's out. So if you want to play both of those guys and kind of get up and uh, spend elsewhere, I think that's a really good option too. Yeah. 69% ownership. Nice. 80% ownership. Not nice. Is that what we're saying here? As far as Simons, you got that's just too I, high. No, I don't know if it's too high. I, I, I would still play him even if I just feel like he's a, a free square, even though Is I don't like saying square? that. I hate that term too. I don't like saying it, but on a, on a four game slate at his position, I do think he is really good chalk. Um, especially if he's in the starting lineup, if he's not in the starting lineup, I could, you know, make, make some changes because we've seen this year little kind of get the, the closing gig over him in the last two games. And that's why little has been getting the minutes. So if we do see something weird in the starting lineup to where Simons isn't starting, I'd probably consider fading more. But, uh, but yeah, I do think he has really good chalk right now. We should get starting lineups on both those first two games. They both tip at 8 o'clock as far as the East Coast. Uh, the Pelicans starting lineup just came out, actually. What Holiday, Reddick, Holiday, Reddick, Ingram, Williams, and Hayes are starting. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's what, kind of what I expected. Uh, by the way, we crowned SGA too soon, right? Like, he is who we thought he was. I don't want to go all Denny Green on it, but uh, he's now currently SGA. The guy, you know, he came out great. First impression was awesome this year. He was spectacular. Uh, I understand he plays more minutes than these other guys, but he he averages the sixth most fantasy points for the OKC Thunder per minute. Uh, per minute, obviously being important because he's going to play a ton of minutes. But he's behind Nerlens Noel, Chris Paul, Gallinari, Adams, Dennis Schroeder, the Demolition Man. Uh, he got some foul trouble last night for what it's worth. Um, like he's good, he's a good player, but he's not the guy that we thought he was. We wanted him to be after week, you know, week one, right? We, is that fair to say he's probably somewhere in the middle? Yeah, I mean, I think he's still one of those guys with like you know, like the raw potential. But you, you're right when you talk about the per minute. The really the only thing that separates him from other guys on even his same team is the minutes. And you know, I, I guess on DraftKings it's a little bit different because the price difference between him and a guy like Schroeder is is less than on Fanduel when uh, Schroeder's two thousand dollars cheaper. But uh, Schroeder has nearly the same usage, uh, the same exact per minute production. And the, only, the only difference really, and he actually has a, a much higher assist rate. The only difference is the minutes. So, I mean, if you see a guy like Diallo out, maybe kind of give you cause to say, okay, maybe Schroeder will play two or three extra minutes. You can't really play SGA. You, you got to play, if you want to play a, a shooting guard from OKC, just play Schroeder because he's got the same rates. Uh, I mean, a little bit less efficient. He's, you know, 5% less uh, true shooting percentage, but got a better assist rate, uh, same per minute fantasy production. And, you know, actually 0.2% more usage. So at that rate, I'm just playing Schroeder over SGA. I like to use them against teams that don't have rim protector. And, you know, you know Lakers are a good yeah. defense. And I was looking at them, uh, you know, points in the paint. They've been pretty solid as well. I think it's uh, they've allowed the seventh least amount of points in the paint. And like you said, he's not a very efficient shooter. But he's going to shoot and he's going to miss his jump shots, like probably more than most guys. But some are going to go in and there's no penalty if he misses. So And he's cheap enough. And even though he comes off the bench, he still is going to play around 28 minutes or so, give or take. So. He, if I'm going to play somebody in OKC, he is the most likely guy I'm going to play. Uh, I just can't get excited about anything else. Gallinari, Paul, whatever, they're all what they should be. And I don't necessarily want to match up against the Lakers. I think there's better spots. I understand ownership's a thing. Can you, can you persuade me on anybody else as far as the OKC side, or you're basically looking at it the same way? Um, you know, I, I don't like to admit it, but building lineups before the, the show, Gallinari <laughs> was finding his way into some lineups I really want to get away from that because I love Ubre, who's a little bit more expensive. So hopefully I can find the money to get up to him. And then, you know, Alec Burks is just a little bit cheaper. So I kind of want to be able to play one of those two rather than have Gallinari. But Chris Paul, I think is somewhat interesting. 
and I'm very hesitant to say this, but let's say you're, you're building a lineup where you want to play one or two of maybe AD and LeBron. I think bringing it back with Chris Paul's fine. I mean, he's going to, he's going to see the minutes. His usage is okay. Um, peripherals. Okay. And you know, the matchup is not great. We've talked about that. LA is probably the best defensive team, but with Avery Bradley out, I do think, you know, they do get a little bit worse in the perimeter uh, defensively, not like they're bad or anything. Cause they do have uh, KCP. Rondo's not a bad defender either, but uh, I, I guess if you are stacking, yeah, and green as well. Yeah. I think if you are stacking AD and LeBron, I prefer to bring it back with Schroeder, I suppose. Um, but I think Paul's fine. I got to look at the DRPMs of KCP because I feel like, I mean, and you know him well from Detroit, right? Wasn't he? Was he? I feel like he was a better defender, or he had a better reputation than he actually was. Is that fair to say? I don't. What do the stats say as far as KCP being a good defender? Do you know this off the dome? When he was in Detroit, he was one of the better perimeter defenders in the league. Yeah. I think his numbers have uh, regressed a little bit, but you know he, the, the minutes have also not been there. So you know his numbers probably aren't going to look as great. But yeah, I think he's still overall pretty solid uh, perimeter defender. We're going to yield to some questions in chat. I'm going to go ahead and screen share and show up our lineup, lineup HQ, give a refresh on that, see if anything uh, interesting pops up. We'll have a conversation there. Uh, by the way, get excited. Anthony Simons drawing the start. It's Simons, McCollum, Hood, Mello, Hassan Whiteside. Uh, so those are your starters tonight for Portland. we got some questions here in chat. A lot of these questions come from YouTube. Again, feel free to like and subscribe. Uh, and Kyle implores that you smash the like button. Smash somehow it. That, yes, that, that somehow that makes a difference. That's important. Uh, got a bunch of questions here in chat. The first one is, uh, well, wait, what's your, whose take is work? Kyle's uh, worse. Kyle's underweight, uh, being underweight on CJ comment or Dean's play Damon Cash comment. When did I say play Damon Cash? He's not playing tonight. What, oh, I think I say- you, I, I think you accidentally slipped it when you were talking about uh, the splits with them off. I said the play Dame Lord and Cash. You, yeah, you said Lillard. Oh, I mean, I think people understood what you were saying. You were talking about McCollum, and then you just said his name, and then you said McCollum right after that anyway. So I think people – The answer is my take is worse, by the way, if we're going to take that literally. <laughs> do not play Do not play, uh, play Damon Gatch. Uh, am I crazy for playing 100% wood, uh, Hood? So if you're playing hypothetically five lineups, ten lineups, would you just hit the lock button on Rodney Hood? I wouldn't. I don't think so because I – I do think he's going to, I mean, he's going to see 30 plus minutes pretty easily, I would think, but, um, you know, I, I, would rather play baseball, honestly, at, uh, you know, in the second unit where he could see more usage and still see 25, maybe 30 minutes if he gets lucky and mellow, you know, doesn't really, you know, get to that, you know, ceiling. So I would prefer baseball over hood, but not hundred percent hood. This must be a utility question here. Uh, would you rather play white side or drew drew holiday? That is. Uh, I guess I would, I would say Whiteside because he's what like two thousand dollars cheaper than uh than Drew, and now with with Ingram back, uh, I guess I would go Whiteside. Yeah, and I'm looking around like on Yahoo, uh, Holiday's thirty six and Whiteside's twenty eight. I'm not really sure exactly where they're playing, whether it's the same price. Um, yeah. Luca or Harden, if you have to pick one. I mean, this is DFS. Neither one is playing tonight. I don't know if you're building a franchise. Do you want Luca or do you want Harden? Luca. Luca's awesome. Who is it? Luca. Yeah, because of money and because he's younger and all that. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. He's uh, and, and in two years he'll be better than Harden anyway. So why not? He's only twenty, right? It's insane. Yeah. Oh, uh, who was picked ahead of him? Oh, Aiton. Good job, Phoenix. He yeah. would look great in Phoenix. Uh, Yahoo tournaments. It's a twofer. We got Whiteside and Bowman versus Burks and Morant. Well, that's a good one. Um, for tournaments, you said give me uh, Burks and Morant. Okay, so this is for FanDuel Cash. Hood and Pascal versus Bazemore and Holmes. Uh, the first one's better for Cash but because because of Pascal primarily, but I think I would – I'm just going to say the second one. I think it's a little bit riskier, but I'll go with, with the second one. Will Ingram be limited? We're seeing uh, on the lineup HQ right now, he's currently project, projecting for 33 minutes, and I saw a report, at least according to the chat, that he's not limited. Uh, so that's all we know. Have you seen anything else as far as Ingram being limited? Uh, all I saw was Gentry said he won't be limited. And like Gentry's kind of like Stotts. He messes with us sometimes. So <laughs> um, I, I guess projecting it for 32, 33 minutes is probably the right move. Cash, pick one of these two, Hood or Baysmore. For Cash, I guess Hood is the better option. He's going to play more minutes. But yeah, I guess I'll say Hood for Cash. Give me 20 seconds. Uh, I know we talked about it before, but somebody jumped in late, I suppose. How do you feel about Rondo? I like Rondo a pretty good amount. 
I like him a lot. I think he's a good pivot off Simons. He's also a good good pairing with Simons if you want to play both of those cheap guys and spend elsewhere. Who are you more likely to play in a tournament, AD or LeBron? AD. I think we're basically seeing a similar ownership projection for both. Uh, on DraftKings, they're each projected around 45 43% for what it's worth, so not necessarily the ownership game there. Um, let's see. On FanDuel, do you like uh, LeBron and Hayes versus Ingram and Whiteside? That's a tricky question, huh? Uh Man, that is. I'll go LeBron and Hayes on that one. This is for Kyle. They don't want to hear me say anything on this. Uh, thoughts on playing Carter and Ubre without the news on Fandle. So, like, even if like Rubio doesn't play, what's Carter going to get you? He's terrible. 20? Yeah, I think it. I think it's hard to play Carter uh, without the news of Rubio. I don't think you'd love it, even if he if he is out. But playing a guy like Ubre before the news, I think that's a really good GPP play because if he's out, no one's going to have him. I don't know if anyone will have him either way. And if he's out, it's a really big boost to Ubre. I just realized they gave a stipulation for Kyle, and I gave my opinion right before I asked you the question. So <laughs> my bad. I apologize. Uh, I will shut up and just ask questions. I'm Ron Burgundy. Uh, favorite tournament play. That's it. Just give me your favorite tournament play tonight. Devin Booker. Uh, and that's pending news on Rubio. Yes. Yeah, I mean, on, on FanDuel, I'm playing Booker either way, whether okay. I have the news or not, and I'm just going to kind of hope that Rubio's out. If uh, – so, yeah, I'm just going to say Booker either way. Triple J or Pascal? Uh, triple J. Let's do it. I'm not sure whether it's specifying there's no site specific, but your favorite point guard tonight, which is kind of a trick question to some degree. Yeah, um, I guess Simons is my favorite point guard because I, I think <laughs> he, just, he just makes a lot of sense. But if you want a, a little bit more of a sneaky one, who might be a little bit more contrarian, John Morant. Uh, Eddie Kuzma? No, no Kuzma. I mean, on most sites, Pascal's like the same price. And then you can even have a guy like Sarich who's the same, near the same price. So I'll just take those guys over uh, Kuzma. The chat's bringing up Rondo or Revenge. Uh, is this the first game since he spat in the face, allegedly spat in the face? I don't know if there was a second spitter or not. Uh, in the face of CP3. I feel like there was another – didn't they play a game after that? This doesn't matter, does it? That was a thing. They, yeah, I don't, I don't think they like each other very much. And that's always interesting for basketball, especially when the guys are going right up against each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, like they're they're gonna be guarding each other, you would assume. So it could be interesting. Uh, Yahoo specific, we got McCollum and Ubre versus Booker and Glenn Robinson. McCollum and Ubre, I'll take McCollum and Ubre just because I like Ubre a lot more than Robinson. Uh, what's your big money poppy play of the night? I don't know. Is, is that your gimmick? Are you, are you like, a, like a David Ortiz homage or something? No, I I don't know, but I'm just gonna assume that. Uh, he just wants my my gut call, my my top play, and uh, it's gonna be Booker. I mean, I know I said that a lot, but I'll say Booker. And then if you guys don't want to play Booker because you don't know about Rubio, we'll go with Hassan Whiteside. Okay, is this Fanduel specific? Your favorite power forward, five K or under? Five K or under? Um, who's like Kaminsky? I'm trying to think who's even in there at five K or Kaminsky, under. Kaminsky, not, they're both over five K. I really don't think oh. you can play a power forward that is under five K tonight. Um, trick question. Melly, Melly might have been the guy if uh, if those injuries kind of fell in his in his direction, but I don't think you can play a guy under five k. I'm pulling it up right now because I'm curious as well. And yeah, there's nobody. Um, Nerlens Noel, like no, rebuild, right? Like I don't think it yeah. doesn't make sense. My yeah, my best projection for a guy under five k is Nerlens Noel, and don't like that. So yeah. I if that game uh, gets goofy and blows out, I suppose you can do things. But give me a hot take. We got to step aside and get out of here again. Uh, thank you so much for watching on YouTube. Feel free to like and subscribe over there. Uh, we do. Stick around for the credits. You're going to watch that. It's going to be good times for sure. Kyle, give me a hot take before we turn it over to crunch time. Booker goes for 50. Whiteside, uh, he goes all 20-20, drops the old Hugh Downs. And uh, I like Rashawn Holmes to put up 50 fantasy points as well, too. That's a little too ambitious. He's Kyle. I'm Dean. No time to take that back. We're out of here. Thank you, guys, for sponsoring the show. Holler! Travis Mangone. Travis Mangone. Why does that name sound so familiar? Maybe because your suspicious screen name is Bone Mangone 69? Very, very, very predator-like. Anyway, Chris Hansen here of Hansen versus Predators and to catch a predator. Listen, I have come across a NFL podcast called Absolutely Epic Early Week Predator, I mean podcast. And I understand, Travis, that you lost a fantasy football bet. Not good. 
some of the folks around you think you're a chalk donkey. Hmm? Well, there is some bright news here. Apparently you have successfully completed No Nut November, or almost November, so not over yet. Anyway, congratulations on that. Good luck with everything else. A lot more football left to come, and I will check out the podcast. So keep in touch, and remember, I'll be watching. All right, take care. Of you.